As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. So foul, keeping West Ham on the front foot, and Jesse Lingard! Jared Bowen, the flag stays down. Jared Bowen, it's Jesse Lingard. It's 2-0 for West Ham United. Space again here now for Jesse Lingard. It's Socek, and now it's Jared Bowen. It's beautiful for West Ham United. Hello and welcome to UIN's The West Ham Podcast from the good people at The Athletic with me, Sam Delaney, and The Athletic's West Ham correspondent, Rashane Thomas. We are recording this on Sunday night because we were so excited about watching West Ham regain fourth place in the Premier League after a few hours outside of our rightful position with another thrilling but stress-inducing victory over Leicester. Rashane, you were there at the London Stadium this afternoon. What were your thoughts on the game? Well, first of all, I think we should all start practicing the Champions League theme song because it's looking likely. <laughs> it's looking likely. So. Yeah. Oh, that game. Listen, great performance, but the last, what, 20 minutes? Oh, my goodness. The way my heart was beating so fast. Like, oh, it was, it was so funny because... There were quite a few people in the press box who were like, oh, no, oh, what are you doing? Like, for example, Masuaku, right? When he gave the ball for a natural goal, I kid you not, more than half of the press box was like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. Fast. Like, it, was a, it was a classic bit of Masuaku. I mean, I've missed him. I'm delighted he's back in the team. But that's what you get with him. You know, he will thrill you, as he did in this game a few times, with bits of skill that no one else could manage. His cross, which sort of um, but let, was in the build-up to the first goal, brilliant cross the ball. But you know he's going to do that in every game. He's always going to do that. I've asked <laughs> like for example, today for example, that that was old Masuaku. Yeah, you know, so many times old Masuaku just not playing it simple. And after the match, right, Declan Rice tweeted my heart. And obviously, I'm not sure if you've seen the tweet, but Masuaku responded saying, what, are you talking about me, bro? <laughs> 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 That's good to know that they can uh, at least have a laugh about it. I mean, I don't want to dwell on the negatives. We've, we've done that last week against Wolves as well. These are incredible results, you know, because 
At the end of the day, we are beating very good Premier League teams in amidst um, what is verging on an injury crisis now with this tiny squad. And we are continuing to rack up results in tough matches. This one, the toughest we've had in a while. And we keep pulling it off. But it's really hard after you have to sit through those closing stages where you think we're going to throw it away again like we did against Arsenal. It's really hard not to come away thinking a lot about those negatives as well because I can't fathom how it would happen three times in a row. What a strange season this has been in so many ways because, you know, it's just a few weeks ago, we and most other West Ham fans were bemoaning the fact that Moyes was going into games too negative, right? And we felt as if we'd cost ourselves potential points against the likes of Liverpool and Manchester United by playing too negatively. Now, three games in a row, we've gone 3-0 up. I mean, that must be some sort of record to go 3-0 up three games in a row and let that lead slip every single time. I mean, if that's not people for many years, especially when Anadise is in manager, a lot of people give us West Ham hands grief and go, oh, they talk about what the West Ham way is. What exactly is the West Ham way losing? And I would say, well, what you're seeing at the moment is the perfect expression of the West Ham way. We're playing with this sort of cavalier, extremely exciting, free-flowing attacking football, but we are getting complacent, we are making mistakes, and we are letting other teams back into the game, which means it's a bloody thrill ride of a match every week at the moment. Thrill ride, but, but uh, one thrill of plenty of anxiety as well, Sam. Plenty of anxiety as well. Unbelievable, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of the uh, video game Grand Theft Auto, mm. but there's like a vir- there's a clip going viral on Twitter as like a bit where the guy goes, ah, oh, here we go again. Yeah. And what someone's done, right, they've sort of packaged that into West Ham. So whenever West Ham go 3-0 up, it's like, ah, oh, here we go again. Now we're going to come back and they're going to score how oh, many goals. And it's like, after the match, obviously Moyes was happy the team won, but you could just tell he looked a bit pissed off. Yeah, of course he um, would be. It's, it's a bit like, it's like when you discipline the kids, but the family's mm-hmm. coming over. So you, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> you're, yeah, not, you're, yeah. you're, not trying, you're not trying to give away too much, but yeah, he looked really annoyed. After the match, and as as you mentioned, like rightly so, because it's it's again where the, the team are three goals up, and you're thinking, all right, score more goals now. But it's like you're sitting back, you invited the team to come back on and and keep pressing. It's like, come on, guys, we've got to snap out of this. I know, I know, and you know, it's with a manager like Moyes in particular. So much of this season, earlier in the season, we were talking, we went through phases where we were keeping clean sheet after clean sheet, and more than anything, we were just resilient and hard to beat, right? And and you looked at us, he was like, oh, my God, he has drilled this team to keep its shape. We must be a nightmare to play against because teams just can't find a way through. Now, all of a sudden, we've, we've done it with 4-4-2 and with um, five at the back as well. And it's the same either way. We just let teams back. And for it to happen once is bad enough. You would think a manager like Moyes after that game against Arsenal was going to put such a rocket at them that then it would never happen again. I, I was convinced the next game would finish nil-nil because I thought that's all they've been working on in training. That happened against Wolves. And then again against Leicester. It's absolutely mad. That said, Rashane, I can't really pick out any players in that game we just saw as having particularly bad matches. There was there was a couple of... There was, like you say, Masuaku made an obvious error, right? And um, and that was a shame. But I thought other than that, he had a good match. 
and it's really good. Having him in the team gives us a lot more balance. Um, I can't really pick anyone else out. Even Noble, who I was really worried about coming back into the team when Rice got his injury. I think most West Ham fans were very worried about that. Thought he was absolutely exceptional today. Absolutely exceptional. He, he put in a performance that I didn't think he had in him anymore, to be honest. It's just another amazing twist in the tale of this incredible season. That, you know, when the chips are down and it looks like the wheels have come off our, our push for Europe because so many of our key players have gone out of the team. Other players you thought just weren't up to it are coming in, stepping up and finding their best form in years. For sure. And it's similar to what we said in the previous pod, like obviously, firstly with Noble, he has a point to prove. He has mm. a point to prove. Prior to that win against Wolves, he had a bad stat or every time within the start 11, West Ham had lost. Mm. Noble definitely would have been aware of that. And he's like, nah, I, I, I'm good. Like, no way can I have this hanging yeah, over yeah. my head. And as you touched on, ever since then, he's been playing well. And when he was down with what appeared to be a noble, um, a noble injury, I was like, oh, please don't be injured. <laughs> don't yeah. be injured, Noble. Please be fine. I pray to the heavens that he's fine. Obviously, he played on and was, was taken off later on. But yeah, as you touched on, played really good. And I think the reason why I was sort of um, inviting the teams back on was starting to see the pressure get to the players, in my opinion, Sam. Mm. The players are starting to come aware, top four, it's within, it's within, it's within reach, seven games to go. It's there, it's possible. I know injuries are happening, we'll, we'll get into it later in the pod, but I feel like the players are coming aware of what's that stake. It's like the first half, they got there, they're enjoying themselves, three goals up, all having fun. And then the second half is like, oh my goodness, like, with three goals up, we've got to win this game. And then the nerves start to creep in, mistakes start to happen. So I feel we're starting to see a lot of nerves uh, in the players. That's something you agree with as well. Yeah, it could be that. I mean, it's really hard to it's really, really hard to put a finger on what's going wrong in these games after we go 3-0 up. But that's probably the best theory that I've heard because a lot of these players aren't used to being in a position like this. You know, if you if you look around that team, you think, you know, yeah, I guess Fabianski had some time at Arsenal, but he was never really first choice in the in their in their teams. You know, uh, obviously Lingard's got experience of, of competing at the top of the table with United. But other than that, these are players who aren't really used to being in this position. And it, and maybe it's a bit intimidating. I hope it isn't. I hope that, you know, there isn't too much pressure on them because I hope they realise that most West Ham fans now, no matter what happens, will deem this season to be a huge success. One of the most enjoyable seasons I've ever watched. And... They're heroes either way now. That's what that's what I feel. There's seven games left, right? And even if the injuries get the better of us or the pressure gets to us and we let things fall away and we finish, let's say, seventh or eighth, right? I'm not being a pessimist here because I think we can do it. I think we can finish fourth or third, right? But if that happens, you know, considering where we've come from, where we were at, at the end of last season... I think this goes down as one of the all-time great West Ham seasons, arguably our best Premier League season. And um, and I think nothing can really change that now. Nothing can change it. And I hope that they can see that and Moyes can see it and think Moyes has moved us ahead. I would say he's, he's given us three or four seasons worth of progress in the space of one season. He's got us to where I would imagine it would have taken someone three or four years to have got us that far and a lot of investment. And he's got to say with hardly any investment at all. In fact, he shrunk the squad, not enlarged it. So whether it's him or the players, to me, they're all heroes. 
They're all heroes. If you, you compare them to all the great players that we that we love as West Ham fans, the legends, the people who we describe as legends, who, who never got anywhere near to what these players have done. You know, so these players, pretty much everyone in that in that squad will become a, a hero for forevermore now, I think. I mean, you look at Lingard and you just sort of think, I mean, what can you say about him? What's that? Eight goals in nine games or something crazy, right? Uh, and then there's the assists as well. I think he's got three or four assists on top of that. I think, I mean, I know he's only a loan signing. I think he's got, if we qualify for the Champions League, he goes down as the greatest signing in West Ham's history. Because he is, he's taking the piss. That's the only way of describing it, right? He is. Sometimes that's the only way to describe a way. Like sometimes a player is good, right? Payet came to the club and I thought to myself, bloody hell, he's good. He makes a real difference in games, right? But for to me, Lingard's better, right? I mean, I'm not talking about if you compared them both in, in, in the details of their technical ability, right? But if you combine everything about their game and their attitude, right? I always thought Payet was a little bit like it was about him, right? Decanio was the same. I'm not slating these players because they're legends, right? Especially Decanio, but it was the Decanio show, and the others were there as like support actors. Payet was the same. Lingard has come into this team. He's obviously, you know, integrated immediately with them. As a bunch of lads, right? You can tell they they, if anything, his personality has given them all a bit of a lift. But the way he is playing at the moment, there is only one way you can describe it, and that is taking the piss. I mean, the bloke is like a kid, it's like having a kid from three years above, right? Come and play with you and your mates, right? And he's the captain of the team. He's he's the captain of the year eleven team, right? And you're a bunch of year eights, year nines. And he's come to play against you and you give him the ball and he just goes around all of you and scores every time, right? He is playing like the best kid in the school out on the playground in every match. Every time he gets it, something happens. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hello, listeners. Sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favor to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits, and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. And here we are, seven games left. We're in the box seat. And, you know, if you look at the fixtures, 
the fact is we have got the kindest fixture list of any of the clubs going for that fourth position right now, haven't we? I certainly agree. The only tough game on paper really is Everton and Chelsea. Everton, mm. they've been hit and miss. And I've said it numerous times, I feel like Chelsea, their minds are going to the Champions League. I feel mm. like they'll be focused on that and sort of, we can sort of use that, use that to our advantage. And as touching on Jesse Lingard, it just makes you wonder, Sam, where it would be had he arrived in August? I know. Uh, where would we be had he arrived earlier? And so happy for Jesse because, as we all know, he hadn't played in the league under um, Solskjaer at United prior to prior to make his debut at Aston Villa for West Ham. And he's just been on a great one ever since. I remember having a chat with Reni Monestine. was like, what's Lingard like? What do you think he'll, he'll bring to West Ham? He's like, listen, this guy will work hard. This guy will work hard and fans will love him. And I'm telling you right now, he'll get an England squad. Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, you know, it's great in terms of work, it's great in terms of Lingard scoring a goal. I'm thinking England squad, that's a bit, that's a bit, that's, that's a big statement right there. And he's like, no, trust when, me. When you, when you consider the competition in his position in England Jack, at the moment Jack as well. Jack yeah. Fulden, uh, Madison, yeah. or what have you. Like, this guy will get England squad. I, want, I look what we're seeing now. Jesse Lingard doing so good. I, I don't, do, you think, do you think there's a better player than him? Since turn of year in the Premier League. I mean, in any position, in terms of nope. the impact on games. Nope. Best player since the turn of year. And as you touched on, he's taking the piss. Right now, Lingard's playing on amateur one on FIFA in real life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what, yeah. it. Well, that's what we're saying. And you I know ne- I've ne- I never seen anything like it at West Ham or, or anywhere, really. I mean, I can remember maybe a couple of times when teams sign players and they just... But it... Like never at West Ham. I just can't. I've never seen anything like it. Like every game, it's not like I hope he has a good game. You know he's having a good game. You know if you, you know give he's going to score, ball, something will happen. Yeah, at the moment, you know he's going to score. There's no one you'd have over him in any yeah. game. You yeah. know, if you, if you take your pick, you wouldn't choose bloody Harry Kane over Jesse Lingard, would you? Exactly. As I look at the goal he scored, the first goal, that's a difficult finish. That is a really difficult oh, finish. It's outstanding finish. I mean, his goals, so what? He scored eight goals, and I would say at least three of them are contenders for goal of the season. For sure. Yeah. It was the goal against, um, or the run against Wolverhampton, that was really good. That was incredible. They've all been really good in one way or or another. And you know what? Just quickly, I want want to give a massive, massive amount. Well, we do it all the time anyway, but even more praise to David Moyes. Mm. Because you touched earlier where you said, you know, fans are a bit like a bit cautious when it comes to like us signing Lingard. And here you have it. Whenever we face dilemma this season, Moyes has find a way to just be like, you know what? I'm gonna make do with what I have, I'm not gonna complain. I will yeah. do like you know when you go to a GP, right? You tell your GP, oh, I have a headache, oh, take these paracetamol. Mm. Oh, you know, my back's hurting, take me, she'll be fine. That is Moyes and his job. Yeah. Oh, Master feels down, don't worry, I've got plan B. Where yeah, I still yeah. I got a noble call coming. Antonio goes down. I've got Bowen. He can play up front. Like, yeah, what yeah. he's doing in terms of finding a solution in the squad has been so good. So, so good because it's that situation. You'll find a manager complaining, oh, my squad's not... Rio, for example, my squad's not good enough. That player's not that. You're not seeing yeah. that David Moyes. Just rolling no. sleeves up and getting on with it. Well, that's it. I mean, it makes those kind of managers look stupid. It really does because these are clubs with loads more resource, loads more money than West Ham and they complain and keep blaming everything other than themselves and Moyes is making them all look stupid because mm-hmm. to be honest you know United a second we're a point off Leicester now I mean you know madder things have happened we could even finish second I'm not getting carried away I'm also where we could finish eighth or ninth right yeah. but it's not beyond the realms of possibility this team just keeps surprising us every week 
and we can finish second. You know, I, I don't think it's been a vintage Premier League season. I think the fact that City are winning quite comfortably is a reflection on the fact that I don't think it's a vintage City team. I think it's a reflection on the fact that it is, it's been a weird season, probably largely down to lockdown. I don't think it's been a classic season. It has been if you're a West Ham fan, right? <laughs> but, for you know, as an outsider looking at Premier League as a whole. And I think, you know, obviously uh, City are the best team. Uh, but I think after that, West Ham are, you know, as good as anyone. For sure. You know that season when West, Leicester won a title, right? Everyone's like, go on, Leicester. We're in the title. You can do it. I feel like we're the Leicester of this season. Everyone's urging West Ham to finish in top four. How, how good would it be if West Ham went up to the usual top four and break in? I feel like everyone's, everyone's climbing for to do it. Mate, what's going to happen next? We've got Newcastle next, which obviously on the face of it, in comparison to recent fixtures, seems, I hesitate to say easy, but it's like, obviously it's less intimidating at the moment than going up against Leicester like we did today. So that's great. But um, is he going to make changes? That's What's that? That's seven goals in three games we've conceded. He's got, you know, we, we speculated even after the Arsenal game that he might make a change in defence and he didn't. Then we let the goals in against Wolves. Then we've done it again against Leicester. I know there might be injuries which will force his hand anyway. But do you think he might, irrespective of injuries, look to shake that defence up a bit? I believe so. I believe so, especially with, uh, unfortunately, a pair in Cresswell suffering a hamstring injury. Yeah. He's been so important for us this season. So, obviously, we don't know how long he'll be out for or receiving a bad injury for, for that matter. But if it is the worst-case scenario, that's a huge blow because he's been so good in terms of set-pieces, being one of the leaders in defence. But if you look at our defence, obviously, you have uh, Ben Johnson who can come in. I'll say he's a first-team regular now. He's used to being that first-team mm-hmm. environment. But barring that, you've got Ryan Fredericks, who's more prone to play on the right side. And that's hard to get in right now because Safal doing so well. And mm-hmm. barring that, you've got Alves, Frederick Alves, who I think is a good player, but it's going to be tough for him to come in right now when you, yeah. when you think about what's at stake. So it's a tough one. It really is. It really well, is. is. It, I mean, we've got Masuaku back. We're, we're playing, I think, you know, we were playing with three at the back at the beginning of the season when we first turned the, the, our, our form around. And it was only once Masuaku got injured that we switched to four at the back. And that that's based on what you said earlier about Moyes. He just, he sees a problem and just thinks in terms of solutions straight away. We're all thinking we haven't got anyone else who can play left wing back. So he said, OK, well, we'll just change and play four at the back instead. Now Masuaku is back. I think that we're going to stick with that formation. And if Cresswell's out, well, the timing, although it's gutting because Cresswell, like I say, has been one of the best players this season, the timing could have been a lot worse because it, it feels like that's the left side of a back three, point, which is exactly where Rog Bonner thrives. I know a lot of times he's played at the centre of that back three, but he is left-footed and, he, and he's good in that position on that left side. So... Whether or not he's ready to start and play 90 minutes against Newcastle next weekend, I don't know. He wasn't on the bench today, was he? He wasn't on the bench, but he has returned to training, which is promising. Mm. So I imagine the Leicester game was too early for him. So hopefully he'll be involved in one way or another for the uh, Newcastle. I'm not sure if you watched it last week, but he held like a virtual um, open training session in the club. They put it on Twitter. I didn't see it. It was really good, really good. Obama was like being put through his paces. Ben Rama, Nathan Trapp, uh, Barbrena, who obviously came on. Uh, yeah. earlier today so so yeah they are, they are, they are, they are there's cover in terms of centre half but it's just in the full back area we're a little bit short so I'm touching wood right now that we get no more injuries Sam like we, 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 well, we yeah. it's all happening at the moment but the yeah. way things are going 
the way things are going, what's mad is that if you'd asked us near the beginning of the year, who's the, who are the worst? We probably talked about who are the players that you can least afford to lose. If I could name three, right, around January time, I would have said Ogbonna, Rice and Antonio. That's the spine of our team, right? That is the crucial spine of our team, those three. Those are the three we can't afford to lose, even one of them, and we'll be in trouble. We've lost all three, right? And it, it, none of them have played in the last couple of games. We've won both those games. And, uh, or, yeah, Antonio did start the game against Wolves, but he came off fairly early. And it's just astounding how this team keeps stepping up, even when there seems to be a disaster. They don't, they don't sort of use use these problems as an excuse to take their foot off the pedal, right? It's like the standards have been set by the coaching team, by the coaching staff. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Even if our best player, Declan Rice is our best player, doesn't matter if he gets injured, we're still going to perform at the same level. And that's why I think, you know, I look at Bowen today, the performance, he was one of his best performances of the season. You know, I, I'm, I'm giving Bowen a clap. I'm giving Bowen a clap. Absolutely right, yeah. He was really good today, really good. Absolutely brilliant. And, you know, and and you look at him, you think, well, we're not missing Antonio. No disrespect to Antonio. I love Antonio. But, you know, Bowen did not make us, and it made you think as well, what about all those games where we played um, Haller up front, <laughs> right? And, and at times, let's be honest, we, it was like playing with a passenger. That's the other thing. We are, we are one point off third in the Premier League, but we played, I don't know how many games, like a dozen games in the middle of this season with a bloke up front who, let's be honest, just didn't want to be there, right? He was walking around. He was so playing at a different pace to the rest of the team. It was almost insulting. And we're still there. So imagine if Antonio hadn't got injured or imagine if we hadn't bothered with Allo and we just played Bowen up front in those games. You know, the extra points we might have grabbed here and there along the way. Because Bowen looks fine. I, I'm happy. I mean, I hope Antonio has a speedy recovery. But if he doesn't, playing Bowen up front for the rest of the season with four nails and um, and Lingard just off him, that's that's pretty formidable, I think. And I'm happy you, you just mentioned that because my match piece is actually on Bowen. Because right. I'm like, Moyes has done it again. Moyes has come yeah. back another winger until yeah. Bowen. He's done, exactly. he's done it. He's done third it time again. he's done it, yeah. yeah. Third time he's done it again. Like if there was like some sort of seminar on how to convert wingers, where is the guy? And you know what? The first time I thought Bournemouth could do the job was actually the FA Cup defeat at Man United, because yeah. for that match, right, Antonio was ruled out because of fatigue. Yarmolenko suffered an injury, so Bournemouth plays up front, and he was making so many good runs, Sam, mm. so many good runs. But for whatever reason, his teammates couldn't find him. I was like, you know what? He could do a job here. Yeah, he can jump here. I'm, I'm well, we, it. We, we know he can finish. We know he's a willing runner. He's so quick and mobile that, in a way, you look at him, you think, yeah, he's totally suited to this role. It, you know, for the style of play we play, if we were playing in a style that required a centre forward who could hold it up, and we just wanted to play deep, get the get an outlet, play it up to him, and then and and have a player who will just hold it up while the others join him. Maybe that's not something. I mean, Antonio can do that, but obviously Bowen, maybe that's not his style. But actually, the way we play on rapid counter-attack, we don't look for a forward to play with his back to goal, really, do we? We look for a forward to just get it start running. As soon as we win the ball on the edge of the box, get running because one of our wingers will will find you. You know? So it's really it's really exciting. I think, yeah, I think he got, I think Alan Smith gave him man the match on the commentary. Um but, you know, what a close thing between him and Lingard. 
Brought to your ears by The Athletic, I'm Adam Hurry and Football Clichés is the podcast you never knew you needed. Every week, to quite unnecessary depth, we examine the words, the phrases, the accepted wisdom, the mannerisms, the habits, the gestures, the symbols, the sounds and the smells that everyone takes for granted in football, but which really are the glorious glue that holds it all together. For example, have you ever really listened to the Football League goals roundups? I mean, really listen to them? Because they all sound pretty much like this. Team X went into this game with just one win in their last 13. And when Team Y took the lead inside four minutes at Stadium Z, the home fans were probably starting to fear the worst. But Striker A had other ideas, and this game turned on its head in the space of five minutes midway through the second half. First, a smart finish from the edge of the box brought Team X level, and he repeated the trick on the hour mark to bring his tally for the season to 22. By now, Team X were in the mood, and although Striker A squandered a gilt-edge chance to complete his hat-trick, on-loan Dutchman winger B made it three with a curling effort from long range. Team Y's misery was compounded in stoppage time when midfielder C's late challenge on fullback D saw them reduced to ten men. An afternoon to forget for manager E's men then, but Team X will hope they have finally turned a corner under caretaker boss manager F. Listen to Football Clichés wherever you get your podcasts and also ad-free when you subscribe to The Athletic. What about Nobes, mate? I wanted to ask you, is Nobes, Nobes picked up a knock with an absolutely fantastic, heroic Declan Rice-like last-ditch block on Tielemans <laughs> yeah. late in the game where I thought Tielemans was about to score. And that yeah. summed up Noble's performance generally. Yeah. Uh, a bit worried, though, that he went off. It, what, do you know anything about that? He's no, not done I, his shoulder. I, yeah, no, I don't think that's anything to... to it, was, it was the elbow. His elbow that seemed to, uh, to injure. But the fact he played on, I feel yeah. like that should give fans enough sign that he'll be fine. The only reason why he came off is he might want to go for a defensive approach when he brought on... I think I might say he brought on Ben Johnson for Martin. He did, yeah. So that'll just to go a bit more defensive. It wasn't a case of, oh, you know, Mark right. Richard, yeah, it just Johnson sort of, Johnson sort of played in the middle, didn't he, when he came on? Like, kind, kind of in that midfield role? I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, well to be fair, around that time, I, I was pulling my hair out of frustration, yeah. so I, I weren't really focused no, on but it. Was a, no, it was, def- it was a defensive substitution, I agree, yeah. but but it was like he, he was brought... I thought it was like, well, where's he going to go? Because Masuaku's over on yeah. the left. But and I you think know he what? just sort of operated in the middle. You know what, Sam? I'll tell you when I was like, oh, God, please please be fine, was when uh, Jared Bowen collided with the oh, post. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He crashed yeah. into it, didn't yeah. he? I was like, oh, no. At the, at the moment, we've hit that point in the season where every time a player goes down, you think that's it. And <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, um, I, you know, we better brace ourselves because it'll probably carry on happening over the next <laughs> few games, you know, and, yeah, but that's, that's what you've got to deal with. You know, it's, t- it's tough at the top, isn't it? And, and you just yeah. got to deal with it. And so far, anything that fate is throwing at us, this bunch of lads are just taking in their stride and it's just wonderful to see. So, I mean, I reckon, I reckon we can afford, I d- I'm not saying I think this will happen, but I reckon we can actually afford to lose against Chelsea, but still, finishing the top four because I think we can win all of our other games. I'm not saying we will, but I'm saying we can. They're all winnable. And um, Chelsea is obviously the toughest game, but I think that it's not even a disaster situation if we don't get the points there. I think that they, they will struggle. The other teams who are still in Europe are going to struggle. 
and we don't have that distraction and we have the more favourable fixture list. So I think that we've actually, after this win today, which was massive, we've got a bit in the bank now. We can afford a little stumble and still do what we want to do. Yeah, uh, and just for listeners who, who aren't aware who have after Chelsea, it's Burnley, Everton, Brighton, West Brom and Southampton. Mm. Now, I'd imagine a lot of you are like, that's easy. If that's easy. We can definitely get points from there. So I agree with you. It'll be good to at least get a draw against Chelsea, just in terms of building mm. on the morale, keep keep building on the form. But yeah, we can afford one step up there. I feel like we'll beat Newcastle, can beat Burnley, can beat Everton. They've been so they've been hit and miss for the past what couple of months now. So we yeah. can beat, beat them already as well this season. Like, yeah, I just talked to a favorite. I think I think our players will go in confident against Everton after beating them up there at Goodison. For sure. And you know what, right? You mentioned earlier the fact that. Well, we sort of said the, the pressure sort of getting to the players and we can see it in the second half performance. I feel what will be so important between now and the end of the season is the backroom staff. Mm. They will be so important. The likes of Kevin Olin, Stuart uh, Jeremy, Stuart Pearce. Like, we'll be passing all their knowledge to the players. I've mm. the, you, we all see how important they are in, in the coming weeks, for sure, because I, I see it on, on a weekly basis in terms of um, what when I see what we do on the touchline. There's... Yeah. urging players to get back. I remember, I think it was a counter-attack that Lingard initiated and obviously it didn't end in a goal. Kevin Olin's like, get your ass back! Get yeah, your yeah. ass back! Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's yeah. good to see. You want to see coaches doing that to players. Like, listen, don't Definitely, be yeah. because we're 3-0 no up. Like, well, you know, like in the Pellegrini era, he was just sat there, wasn't he? He, ne- he, he rarely stood out. He just kind of, there was none of that on the touch on whatsoever. And, you know... He was hard to dislike Pellegrini because he just seemed like a kindly old man. But the way in which Moyes and his team operate really makes you think bad thoughts about Pellegrini and his team because you can't help but compare. And you think, you look at this lot now, you think, yeah, that's how to run a football club. For sure. You know, this is passionate. This is serious. This is professional. It means everything to them. They are on it nonstop. Pellegrini, and it makes Pellegrini and the mob he turned up with just look like guys who were there to t- collect their paychecks. You know, it does. Honestly, and you know what, right? When when you, whenever I watch Pellegrini touchline, right? Obviously, we sh- shake his shoulders thinking, come on, do you? We're thinking, like, where's the passion? Like, yeah, yeah. Other yeah. players even taking on board what you're saying. It was, you a, know- it, it, was a, it was a bad, I mean, listen, I was, I was excited. I'm not saying that I was saying, yeah. oh, don't hire Pellegrini. I thought it was great. I was, Oh, this is fantastic. We've got this manager who's managed Real Madrid. He's won the league with City. I thought it was great, but very quickly it turned out we were all wrong. It was bollocks. <laughs> and and everyone thought that Moyes, the same people who thought Pellegrini was a great appointment, yeah. thought Moyes was a bad appointment. And Moyes has turned brilliant. So this should inform us all for the future, all of us, including those, all the people who moaned about the signing, the people that we did sign or, or the people that yeah. we didn't sign. Just forget it all now, right? Just know, except that none of us know anything, right? <laughs> and give your faith over. Put your faith in David Moyes because he's got it under control. He knows what he's doing. Whatever he says goes, and we can just all chill out and release control. And that's the secret to happy living anyway, mate. You know what they say, don't you, right? You've got to release control of the things you can't control, Right. That's what you got to do. And that's what it is in football. And, and you know, I'm not comparing David Moyes to God. But I am saying you do need to show, like, a faith that some religious people might show in a deity. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's what you got to do, mate. 
I know, I know. Listen, I'll learn to never doubt Moyes again. I'll, I'll never. This doubt is a bloke him. who signed Craig Dawson and turned him into the best centre back in the league, mate. I mean, come on. Yeah. Turn him into Fabio Cannavaro, mate. You know, uh, I'll, I'll never doubt David Moyes again. Right. So, what we got to look forward to to in the athletic this week? So, you're doing the the piece on Bowen for tomorrow. Is that yeah, right? Bowen, Bowen for tomorrow. To be fair, I'm actually sport for choice this week because I've, yeah. I've got like about five ideas for that match alone. Mm. So, one I'm definitely looking to do is um, the academy play Arsenal on Friday in the fifth round of FAU Cup. And I'm looking to do a piece on just what it means for the academy, the players coming through, because it's a big achievement. Quite often in the past, West Ham have been knocked out before the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup. So I think it would be good. This is a hard to highlight of that. And yeah, I'm not sure what the other piece will be in terms of the first team just yet. As I mentioned, sport for choice, but it will be something good. Rest assured, it'll be just, just quick, mate. I noticed Connor Coventry was on the bench today. Yeah. And I, I thought that he'd previously said that he wasn't going to be involved. So it's, it's, that's a bit it's of a reverse change. psychology from David Moyes. That's what he does. Yeah. It? Is that so? Does that mean he's now in the first team bubble? Because I know that was an issue that was preventing yeah. him from getting he's in the, in the team. first team bubble. So the under 23, they played Man United last Friday, obviously 1 3 2, hatching mm. for Meepo. But he was under 23's bubble at the time. And I, I actually right. asked Moyes on Friday, listen, are you going to like call up Coventry to give him a chance? And he said he's not in his mm. thinking right now. So a lot of us are like, oh, no, he's not going to play Coventry. He lied to you, mate. We're not playing Coventry. We're not going like, to call him up for the bench. Yeah, he lied to me. David yeah. Moyes lied to me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, good. It's an honour. It's an honour to be <laughs> lied to by David Moyes. Because <laughs> he can't do any I wrong, know, mate. I know, It's so true. So, yeah, no, good to see him on the bench. And, yeah. Yeah, hopefully we'll see him get some game time between now and the end of the season. Well, that's it. Listen, we're buzzing. You're buzzing. Uh, you know, we're, we're massive. We're so big. Apparently, you can see us from the moon, like the Great Wall of China, right? There's only certain man-made things that can be seen from the moon. It's West Ham United and the Great Wall of China. That's how massive we are right now, right? We're, we're absolutely stupidly huge. Um, we're, I'm buzzing. Shane's buzzing. Everyone's buzzing. It's the best time to be alive as a West Ham fan in the last 30, 40 years. Red as shit. Enjoy every last moment. Milk it for all the joy that it is, right? Because this is fantastic, heady days. And long may it continue. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Delaney Man. Rashane's at Rashane Sport. Uh, keep reading The Athletic. Subscribe if you haven't already, because you can read fantastic writing by Rashane on, on West Ham every week, most days. And fresh writing every day about the rest of the football universe. Should you care about the rest of the football universe, which I don't, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just care about my stab. Rashane, thanks. Have a great week, mate. And uh, until next time, ladies and gents, come on your irons. And remember, there's only one. Samasiabu! The Athletic.